the belief behind the technique is when we are able to non-judgmentally acknowledge and accept another person for where they are, it helps reduce intense emotions. By engaging in radical acceptance, the gentleman is able to reduce his level of frustration. Keep in mind that radical acceptance doesn't equal agreement. It's a mere way of acknowledging what is happening in a non-judgmental fashion. That's an excerpt from the show. Today, we'll be discussing insights from my most recent Managing My Grief workshop. And here's the intro. Welcome to Managing My Grief, where it's all about learning to live with grief after experiencing loss. Here's your host, Miss Dilworth. I'm glad you chose to join me for this discussion on insights from my grief workshop. As you already may know, I'm the founder and executive director of Inspirational Hope. It's a nonprofit organization that supports individuals who've experienced grief and sexual assault. We provide workshops and have a yearly fall conference. Last year at the conference, a young lady shared with me her desire to have more hands-on experience to be able to process the information that was shared. During the next few months, I created Managing My Grief Workshops. That's done through my LLC. Last week, I had my second all-day Managing My Grief Workshop and was reminded of a key component of grief that is many times not discussed. The workshop begins with a typical icebreaker, then transitions into the nitty-gritty of grief, the grieving process, how an individual's family's culture plays a role in the grieving process, and space to even do a few role plays. Throughout each section of the workshop, I enjoy hearing how one navigates their grief and them giving me and other attendees the opportunity to give support and guidance to navigate through the grief more efficiently. In this particular workshop, there was an overarching theme I heard throughout the day, and it was lack of empathy from family and peers. In a previous podcast, I discussed disenfranchised grief. If you haven't listened to the show, I encourage you to listen to disenfranchised grief after finishing this show to understand the diverse categories. To recap, disenfranchised grief is when someone experiences a loss and those around them minimize or don't acknowledge the impact of the loss. In the workshop, we had individuals who were currently going through grief and others who provided support to those who are grieving, whether it was through work or volunteering. It was interesting to see how the conversation transpired. I opened up the discussion by sharing a quote from Megan Devine's book, It's Okay That You're Not Okay. The quote is, we aren't here to fix our pain, but to tend to it. Due to the richness and her authentic perception on how grief is mishandled in the U.S.'s culture, Megan Devine's book will definitely be broken down in a future podcast. After sharing the quote on fixing our pain versus tending to it, we took a deeper dive into this concept, and that's where the intriguing part of the discussion occurred. A side note, all attendees signed a waiver giving me permission to share their stories and insights to help others, with the exception that their identity will be kept confidential. I can't help but be inspired by how authentic and eager the attendees were to talk about their experience related to getting support from others, or in many cases, lack of support. There was one gentleman in particular who enthusiastically shared how when his daughter died, 
He was tired of hearing people tell him, I'm sorry for your loss. He shared how every time someone made remarks similar to being sorry, anger rose inside of him. There was a woman there at the workshop who volunteers in giving support to those who are grieving. She was becoming noticeably uncomfortable while the gentleman was passionately and almost on the verge of tears sharing his experience. When he finished, I intentionally opened the floor to the woman who was now squirming in her chair to see what she would like to share. Frustration could be heard in her voice, yet it was noticeable that she was working to control it. She made several comments almost defensively on how she had a deep desire and passion to help others how she longed to help those who are grieving feel better. She admitted at times not knowing what to say and quickly stated that she's doing the best that she can. It was obvious that the gentleman's comments hit home for her. After asking a probing question, she gave insight on why she had such an emotional reaction to the gentleman's comments. She shared that her nephew, who she sees once every few years, his mother had passed away. She shared that when she went to her funeral, her heart ached as she saw her teen nephew crying. She knew she only had a few moments to talk with him before she had to fly back home. She talked to him and told him to be tough and shared with him the importance of him being strong and him needing to do certain things to make his mom proud. After further exploration at the workshop, she was able to identify that she wanted her nephew to stop focusing on his hurt. She believed that if her nephew could focus on doing good in school, that he wouldn't feel the hurt. She then shared that several months ago, her nephew mentioned to his father that he was having suicidal thoughts. And while hearing the gentleman at the workshop speak, she was struggling as to whether or not her comments may have contributed to him not processing his mother's death, resulting in him having suicidal thoughts. And with this new insight she had, she was experiencing guilt. Unfortunately, the idea that someone should stop focusing on processing grief happens far too often. What we worked on was both parties being more understanding of each other. The woman at the workshop thought she was helping her nephew, and sometimes it may be helpful in that moment for someone to distract themselves from grief when it becomes too intense. But when the grief pops back up, some supportive people can become frustrated that their comments or suggestions didn't work, when in reality, not realizing that it's not their job to fix the grief one is experiencing. As a supporter, it's our role to meet the person where they are at and to give the griever unconditional support and accept that the person is grieving. It can be very uncomfortable to watch a friend or family member grieve, but if you want to contribute in a healthy way to the grieving process, Focus more on acknowledging where the person is in a grieving journey. In regards to the gentleman, we discussed ways to better manage the frustration he was having towards others who made passive and or unempathetic comments. One way was to remind himself that they are doing the best that they can based on what they've learned in society. Going back to Megan Devine's book, the U.S.'s society isn't conducive to those who are grieving. Radical acceptance, a dialectical behavioral therapy technique, was discussed. It's a technique that gives space to the griever to be able to acknowledge the supporter for where they are, space to identify the griever's emotions, and space to accept the supporter 
and the Groover's emotions. The belief behind the technique is when we are able to non-judgmentally acknowledge and accept another person for where they are, it helps reduce intense emotions. By engaging in radical acceptance, the gentleman is able to reduce his level of frustration. Keep in mind that radical acceptance doesn't equal agreement. It's a mere way of acknowledging what is happening in a non-judgmental fashion. A more in-depth discussion on radical acceptance can be found at psychcentral.com. The article is entitled, What It Really Means to Practice Radical Acceptance. By the gentleman reducing his frustration, he'll be able to explain in a rational and calm manner how the comments that are being shared lack empathy, and he can give examples of comments that are more empathetic. It's a challenge to have a calm and rational conversation with frustration levels that are sky high. Using radical acceptance is a way to manage those frustration levels. During the workshop, we did a role play using a chapter out of Megan Devine's book. In the role play, the gentleman was able to find ways he can teach others how to be more empathetic. He also shared that he made a healthy choice to reduce interactions with people who are not being supportive. To connect with me to share your thoughts or to provide suggestions on future shows, contact me at MissDilworth.com. To learn more about grief, click on another show. To attend a grief workshop, go to ManagingMyGrief.net. Have a productive day and live in your greatness.